Hey Vikash, how are you? I'm good, Saranj. How are you doing today? I'm good too. Thank you for taking out the time for this Wisdom Bites. Really excited to have this discussion with you. Uh, thank you so much for having me here. I am definitely looking forward to it. So before we begin, uh, can you give a bit of context for people who don't know you, your journey and talk about yourself, I guess. Hi, I'm Vikash. I work as a front-end engineer with AWS at Amazon. Thank you, Saranj, for having me here. Um, we have known each other for a little more than nine, ten years now. Uh, we met, um, I think the first time we met was uh, during um, meetups at Google Technology Users Group. Uh, so what GDG was called back in the day. And I think we have come a long way in our friendship and knowing each other. I've been with Amazon for a little more than three and a half years now. Prior to that, I worked as a team lead at housing.com and engineering lead at Dream11. Uh, they both are prominent startups back in India. Uh, before that, I did Google Summer of Code in 2011, 2012, and 2013. That's how I got into the world of programming, open source contribution, and technology in general. So my journey started back in, in college when, uh, when I wrote my first program. Um, and there was this awesome group of people. Uh, they had a group called Linux Users Group, LUG Manipal, uh, that really helped me uh, in my journey and my career progression. So I just want to call this out that anything uh, that I say in this conversation is just my own personal opinion in any which way I don't represent Amazon, uh, my current company, my previous or my future companies. So what made you get into programming was what, what was the hook that made you think, Hey, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Um, so I never wrote a piece of code before entering college. And when I, when I went to college in, in my first sem, uh, first semester, I had C++ and trust me, it, it was very difficult for me. Right. Uh, I, I was all over the place. I was still trying to run, uh, understand basic constructs and loops and things like that. So I, I, if, I, if I look back, it was super difficult for me to get started with. But um, so uh, as I mentioned, I, I was also a part of community uh, called Linux Users Group in, back in my college. Um, they had their first session on Python, which I attended. And Python, Python became, became my first go-to language for programming. It taught me uh, how to write constructs, uh, how to write loops, uh, how to uh, get, get things done. But I think my catch was when I was able to ask my computer to do things for me. So that's when I think I started, the I started to understand the power of programming and that really got me hooked into it. Another motivation was um, I felt that this is something that I'm good at compared to other things in life. So that was, I think, another motivation. Uh, so it was a very natural progression for me. So if you were to set the curriculum for colleges, you would swap out C++ with Python or something else? Uh, that's a very good question. Uh, in fact, um, this is what I've done as well in the past. Um, this is something a lot of people will not know. Uh, so when I was in, in my fourth year of college, I reached out to one of my professors 
uh, Dr. Sanjay Singh. Uh, and I was like, sir, we really have some things which are backdated and it's time for us to improve and change the curriculum. At that point of time, Manipal was, uh, was about to launch a new uh, domain and stream in the college as well. And he was like, okay, Vikash, if you, whatever you think is right, why don't you design a curriculum? And I, I designed a curriculum with, uh, with JavaScript in mind, the front-end aspects, the back-end aspects, and that was incorporated as a part of college curriculum. Uh, so that, that, that is something that I'm proud of, but not, not a lot of people are aware about it. Okay, so if anyone at Manipal hates JavaScript, they should blame uh, Sure, I am the guy to be blamed. <laughs> and, and I'm sure that there, there would be many people <laughs> doing, doing that to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I guess JavaScript is still, Python is easy to get started, but the indentation and the different ways you can just write a loop can be confusing for a beginner. So um, it depends, right? Um, so uh, I, I think... Um, Programming is so varied and it's it's so many beautiful languages out there from C++ to Python to Haskell and to Lisp for that matter. And some things are so natural for some people where it's so difficult for some others. For example, for some people, Java can be super easy, very elegant to write. And for, for other set of people, it can be very verbose. Um, why do we need a string builder? Whereas in Python, which is a high level language, you only have a string. So I think it, it, it's all about finding your sweet space. I was able to find my sweet space in Python because I could get away with a lot of uh, low level aspects of programming, right? If, if why I wasn't able to pick it up, um, maybe, I'm not sure because it's been a while I've looked back into this path for me. But one of the reasons I couldn't pick up C++ in my first semester was, could be that I was too lost in the nitty gritties of it. But when I look at C++ code today, I'm sure I have a better understanding of it. For sure. Print, print something is way easier than print. <laughs> <of it>. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. over the years, what have been the major factors that you associate with or you say have contributed to your success as a developer? Um, I think one of the things that I did early in my career, I challenged status quo. Um, and that is what, and I, I and I've always tried to put myself in a, in a tough spot. Um, there was this, this beautiful book on networking called Forozan, which was a part of our third year curriculum. Uh, in, in back, back in the college, but I read it in my first year because I was so enthusiastic about net, networking in general. I did a bunch of things outside my college curriculum. Um, I did open source contribution. I worked with, I, and, and that, that has always paid me. So there's this beautiful instance back, back uh, I, I was, uh, so my, Fortunately, my teachers were aware that I used to work till four in the morning. And, and that's why how I looked in class, there was a reason for that, right? And because of this, uh, there, was, there was one particular day when I, when I was not paying atten attention in my class, I was not super attentive, but I was not called out by my teachers because they were 
appreciative of the fact that um, that there are things that I'm in that I've indulged with apart from the uh, course curriculum. So that has always worked for me. Um, I try to work outside the box. Sometimes I feel ridiculously, uh, which has obviously hurted me, but it, it did teach me how to work around things and, and, and be motivated again. So I think um, it's not just a set of uh, principles and, and steps of, or there was not no set algorithm that I followed that this led to me here, what, what I'm doing today. But there was a series of things that I did right and a series of things from which I learned. So that accumulated and uh, to, to um, get me here. If you call this success, I'm sure a lot of people will not. Um, so, so I think there's a long way to still go. Well, uh, I, at least a lot of people will attribute coming to the United States itself as a success, no matter. <laughs> I am but, not. Yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll leave it to the. I'll leave it to those people then. Yeah, I, I, I am also not in the same boat, but I've, I've heard that from a lot of people. But jokes aside, uh, so to summarize, mentorship and taking big risks are the two things that have helped you learn, yeah. if not be successful at least. So and, have, and challenging the status quo. Okay, and how how much of that mentorship was was it just teachers or you talked about Linux user group already? Was it developer communities? Can you just elaborate a bit more about how mentorship and communities come into the picture and Google Summer of Code? Okay, um, when when I started programming, I used to go through a lot of video tutorials. And um, like a lot of programming uh, starters, they don't know how to exit Vim. I was one of them, right? I didn't know how to write, uh, how to go into a Vim editor and then come back out of it. When I became a part of Linux users group, my mentors, my seniors uh, in my college, they invited me with open hands and they helped me write my first WIMRC config file. And that was my understanding of programming um, when, I, when I began. I couldn't write a single line of code. I couldn't write my own config files. I couldn't customize my own dev environment. So from the basics of things, my mentors have helped me. They've helped me understand what is the importance of contribution, uh, how to contribute, why to contribute, and how to contribute. And, and it's not just about open source contribution. I've had mentors in my, in my workspace as well, uh, where even today, uh, um, Amazon um, promotes having mentors to, to understand where you aspire to be. So mentors are, I, I think they are, are a, mentors are a key to a lock that you want to either unlock or pick. So if you want to get inside a door, Mentors help you to escalate that or move faster in that journey. And the best part is everybody, time is, is a very expensive asset, right? And everybody values time, but still people are willing to give you their time just to help you out. So that's, that's beyond, uh, that's beyond to me. And that, that is how I have also tried to give back. I've also mentored people uh, in their journey for Google Summer of Code. Um, I've also mentored people 
for to find their jobs and um, and in other aspects of life so so that's my way of giving back but yeah the way i see how my my peers and mentors have helped me i think i've still lot to do and lot to learn yeah i can definitely i've learned quite a few things from you over the years uh, so it's definitely you've given back but uh, how do you as someone who's just starting out there's that imposter syndrome that this question is a dumb question and i've been on that side many times i was like should i even ask or should i just google it but sometimes there's questions that you cannot find answers to so how do you approach a mentor and how do you build that relationship okay that is a beautiful question right that is i think there's a fine there's a very fine line between um falling into one side or the other side when i am reaching out to my mentor i would ensure that i have answers to the second layer of questions as well because the first question is why is this not working or why do you need help and the sec- the next level of questions is what have you tried and where have you failed so if i try to um, if i try to reach out to my mentor i would try my best that i go to them and say hey this is what i tried and ha- hasn't worked out am i missing something but it's it's uh, easier said than done i also feel um, uh, i'm also ambivert and i do feel at times that should i ask this should i not ask this so i do do um, i still go through that phase yeah that is one skill which i definitely picked up over the years that for somebody to invest some time in you they need to know that you've done you've made some efforts not just hey can you help me learn python there's too many resources to do that so so interestingly what happened um so i am i'm trying to be active on clubhouse these days mm-hmm. and and i have put in a referral for a for a bunch of folks out there but one thing that that um i'm i'm unable to help those people who just uh, message me like hey or hi and i'm not sure what how to perceive this so uh, so i think asking the right set of question is a, is a very important skill um and you you keep on learning at every step at every each day because once you as you progress the nature of that question changes right so it's not a, there's no silver bullet to fix this but yeah you have to improve on it every day definitely and i've also piggybacking on the same thing i whenever i've had conversations with you or even when i i i was just sitting next to you and we were just browsing random things i have seen i a lot of you consume a lot of content you you yeah. your youtube subscriptions are enormous and you 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 love to stay updated about anything and everything under under the sun so how are you able to find the time <laughs> what so, is youtube the only source or is it what all resources do you use 
I think uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a very interesting question. I think a lot of platforms out there have profiled me well. So Google understands me, Facebook understands me. Now I think Clubhouse and all has also started understanding me. Twitter definitely understands me. So the recommendation, their recommendation engine is, is just a wow. Uh, that being said, yes, I try to consume a lot of information and uh, and yeah, it, trying to be up to date is 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 an issue. But I think you are doing a better job than me here because if I look at post on Wisdom Geek, I feel that they are much prof- so. Your recent post was on the math, uh, the new number changes in the ECMAScript, right? Then you then you had a different post around promise dot race. So I think you're much more updated than me. So that's for sure. Um, well, I try to keep myself updated using multiple things. Uh, I regularly go to YouTube. I try to find what's happening. I'll I'm not very so. I think there is multiple avenues where I would like to improve myself. Um, a few things that that are on top of my head that I want to do but I'm not able to do is reading books. I there are around 150 plus books that I know I I want to read, but I've just not been able to start. Uh, there then there are the, these beautiful podcasts that I want to start listening to. Uh, but yeah, it takes a toll. One one there's a Chrome extension that I want to give a shout out is Panda Five. Um, that's my uh, that's my uh, most most uh, up to date source or resource about knowing what's happening so this gives you a, ta- a tab layout or uh, this gives you a column layout um, from different news sources from hacker news to github what's trending so you get a lot of information there so is it personalized according to you or is it just the top uh, you you can personalize it so you can select different sources. Uh, there is so I primarily use Hacker News, GitHub, uh, a couple of news portals, um, and the wired the next web. You can do so. There are a lot of uh, sources that you can select from. Um, so initially they come with a handful of sources, and then you have to manually add them. So I wrote a a few lines of JavaScript to automate that and click on all the buttons so that so that I don't have to just keep on adding um, that resource, but it's all available to me. Yeah, I, I remember you wrote a similar script for inviting people on LinkedIn. <laughs> I am not sure if that is something that I can talk here, but yeah, 16,000 plus connections do help you a lot. <laughs> whenever you whenever you need them people are generally either first connections or second connection so that that helps so uh when you're going through resources what is your approach is it i'll just like hacker news reddit or all these forums have a variety of topics so do you stick to general discussions and read a lot more or do you dive deeper into javascript or front end related stuff what is your preference it depends uh, I, I think uh, for me i want to know a bunch of things and then dive deep into particular things 
so there's this beautiful principle called 80-20, which is the Pareto principle. So I try try to stick there that with 20% of my effort, I can know 80% of the things uh, in breadth wise, at least. And that helps me to understand if I dive deep, uh, will I be able to consume this information or not? For example, uh, there was a time when I wanted to stop front end and get into deep learning and machine learning. Then there was this time where I wanted to dive deep in, into functional programming or reactive programming, RxJS and things like that. Similarly, there was a time or there is a time where I want to dive deep in the crypto space uh, and the blockchain space where I want to understand um, about more about smart contracts, uh, ETH, uh, layer two scalability uh, and things like that. So I think it's a mix of both the strategies of breadth versus depth. It depends what topics interest me and there and from time to time things have evolved and changed uh, there's one thing that i i i would like to call out one thing that has helped me um so the way i try to remember things is maybe it's a little different from others or could be a little different from others so what i do is if i read something i try to find a way if i can use it in my code uh, if it's related to programming and push it to production and that helps me to build things on top. So if there is something that I learned, okay, this is this is a good strategy or good architecture. Can I incorporate that in my code? Can I ship it to production? And heavy, having that mentality helps me build, oh, is this the right thing to do? Or can I do it better? So those set of things help me. Now, when, I, when it comes to generalization or getting dive deep, diving deep into a particular topic, I think it's again, it's finding a sweet balance. Also, so that means that no matter what, you'll find somebody who's smarter than you, who understands the subject much better than you, right? So I think my understanding of a subject will always be not at par with them. But if I want to understand them, I understand what they are talking about. I need to go deep into the subject that they are, that I understand the grammar or the context of it so that is something which is very important at least for me and that that's how i see okay if if for example i want to understand a talk on functional programming i would like to know what is a monad what is a functor what is a monoid and unless and unless and until i don't understand that i will not be able to maximize my output from a given talk or a session so that's how I try to progress. And does, again, getting back, taking a step back, does generalization versus specialization also vary according to the company you're working on? So let's say you're working for a startup or a medium-sized organization, or an enterprise. You shared some examples over the years about housing and how that was different than Amazon. So uh, what all changes when you're working for a start startup versus a corporate company? So this is a question that I get asked a lot. What is my, how has my experiences evolved from a startup versus a corporate? So when I worked at a startup, we were the ones who were building these processes, like how, how, a, how a company should run. 
what happens and what are the different stages of environment and deployment and multiple and what happens when a worst case scenario is that when things don't work on production but when i came to amazon i learned a lot of things these so amazon is a very process oriented company um and this has really helped amazon to be what it is today um just to quote a few examples amazon has this culture of writing six pager documents or one pager documents so before implementation you write a design doc or or a tech doc or a prfaq um and when i joined the company i i didn't understand what is the need of it because that was something that as a process i wasn't aware of it but now when i take a take a look back it makes a lot of sense you cannot build a big system a scalable system without understanding the ins and outs of it without understanding the corner cases without understanding what is the scale and usage of a of a particular system you cannot design it similarly you cannot write a six page document without understanding what is it that you're building right uh, so it takes a lot of dedication and this this reverbs uh, and there was something very similar that my brother told me before i joined amazon he he told me that vikash if you work in a startup there's a very high probability that you'll work with the shiniest and the flashiest of tech with the most up to date piece of code but a company at scale and size of amazon which will give you a perspective and that is something that i see is a striking difference um the scale at which startups work um okay and I, I, i'm not saying uh, now because i worked at dream 11 and dream 11 has an insane scale it's it's world's largest gaming company right so their scale is enormous so and but back in the day when i was there versus when i joined amazon if i recall correctly there were some differences um but the process and perspective is something that i have gained uh, after i joined amazon and that has really helped me um i run when, now when i run meetings in, in my company i have a very different outlook and that that really helps to build you on 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 the path of success um th- let me give you a quick example here so i was talking to one of the employees in another prominent organization in the bay area um and that guy was ex amazon and he's now leading multiple teams uh, in the organization that he's working in and one of the things the person mentioned is that they incorporated a bunch of leadership skills from amazon in the in their next uh, gig on in the next organization that they worked with and one of them was was documentation it's so critical yeah i personally uh, learned a lot from amazon leadership principles and different different companies call them different things but uh, i was doing some of those things without realizing that amazon calls them this Just let me give you a quick example here so when i joined amazon when i gave my amazon interview 
I had no idea about leadership principles, right? Uh, I, the first time I heard about behavioral questions as a part of interview process was during the interview with Amazon. And so I was very underprepared. I was just lucky that I got into it. <laughs> it was my day. Um, so, but I wasn't aware of it. And once I got to know about leadership principles, um, on day one, it did not resonate with me. I was like, why is it? How does it make sense to me? I was still questioning it. But if you look at a company which is of massive scale, and it's not just tech, there's tech, non-tech, operations, sales, you need one common grammar across the company to for people to interact, right? So let's say you want to talk to a person, a, a tech person wants to talk to a non-tech person on a particular product or a feature, and but they need a common grammar. Leadership principles give that common grammar across the company. That is how I can, um, I can communicate my thoughts to you. For example, hey, uh, this is a customer for which we want to deliver this feature. And for delivering this feature, I want to dive deep on the requirements, right? So now that now you, there are many ways to just say this, that I want to read, I'm, I'm still reading the documentation. I'm still trying to do this. But to be Earth's most customer-centric company, Amazon devised these 14 leadership principles that they used. And now I can communicate with anyone in, in my organization. Yeah, if in theory, disagree and commit never made sense four years ago. But when I started running developer communities, I got the essence of it. And it's like, okay, these are not just some things that you say. These yeah. actually matter a lot. Uh, I'll tell you, when... Um, Disagreeing commit is a very interesting. Have backbone disagreeing commit. Have backbone disagreeing commit is a very interesting leadership principle. If you look at it from a lens, it's you can either have you can do have backbone or you can disagree and commit, right? And as you as you progress in your career, you have to take hard and tough decisions. So that means with time. For a leader, it's it's you have to display that you have backbone to take tough decisions. And there are times that in a tough decision, you are like, okay, um, I'm still not convinced, but because we are going ahead with this idea, I'll give my 100%. So, I, so th that's beautiful. What would you prefer? Move fast uh, and break things or get things perfectly on production? Move fast and break things. It, it's far more important to get your customer feedback. Um, and there's this concept of minimum lovable product over MVP, which is the minimum viable product. So you build an MLP, minimum lovable product, and keep on shipping, keep on getting customer feedback. Never heard that term before. Yeah, <laughs> you should. Thank you, Vikas, for all your valuable insights. It's definitely been a pleasure talking to you and I've, I've picked up a couple of things that I'll probably start implementing in my life and hope the viewers do too. Thank you so much Saranj for having me here. 
uh, I would also like to call this out that there are times when I refer to your blogs on Wisdom Geek as a source of documentation as well. Um, be it your uh, explanation on TypeScript types um, uh, or the recent numerical types. So I keep going on Wisdom Geek from time to time to read what's happening and it's, it's a good source of information. I hope uh, this helps uh, your future re readers as well. So thank you so much for having me here again. Thank you for the appreciation. I'm, I'm humbled uh, by that. Also, I would like to invite uh, viewers to our Discord server wherein we have such discussions and you'll also get to know about future interviews and discussions. So Vikash will also be there in the server to answer any questions that you have. And I already thank him in advance for that. Indeed. Thank you so much, Saranj. I would definitely be on, on your Discord server. And I'm more than happy to help people uh, with mentorship or referrals um, in whatever capacity I can. So thank you so much. And uh, I'll, the, there will be a link in the comments or probably the description uh, for the invitation to the Discord server. And thanks once again, Vikash, for your time. And again, it was fun, really fun talking to you.